Welcome. My name is Paula Ramirez and this is Chicana Mom Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to all the hardworking Chicana moms and their familias. We talk about life, parenting, the emotions we go through as human beings, the journeys of the struggles and triumphs, life stories, God, education, music, and more. I strongly believe we're connected in this world. Unidas creamos cambio. Querer es poder. Now let's get started. Welcome, my Chicana moms. So, today I want to talk to you about consequences, las consecuencias positivas, and we're going to be talking about parenting. This is something that I love with a passion. I've been doing this um, for about nine years now, and I am in love with teaching parenting and learning about different strategies that are going to help myself and others just live a different lifestyle because once you know something new that you didn't know before um, it just transforms your life especially if it's something positive not just for you but your children and your whole entire family it's just amazing so today I'm going to talk to you about consequences positivas um, I'm going to go very profound in this because I think that a lot of kids grow up with a lot of consequences Um, but the reason I call it consequences positivas is because sometimes when you give consequences, it doesn't have to be in a very negative approach. Teaching our kids to think outside the box doesn't require that tough love to make them fear you. Um, our kids need to, I don't even want to use the word I, they need to. It's just important for them to respect you, but also for you to respect your children. Um, one of the things of me growing up, I would always feel like I didn't have a voice just because I was a kid, you know, you're just a kid, you really just don't know anything, just go over there, and I hated that, and I think one of the things about me teaching parenting classes is that I, I know how that felt, and when I work with teenagers, it's just the most amazing feeling. I say it's a very amazing feeling to talk to adolescents and to just hear them out, because I remember Um, when I was younger, that I had an uncle. He passed away, unfortunately. I think I was about 11 years old. Um, but he gave me, like, my voice. Like, he was so considerate about how I felt, what I was doing. Um, that doesn't dismiss the fact that my parents didn't love me. But I don't think that they took the time to really show me the way I needed, I needed it to be loved. Because um, I think as parents, though, we sometimes think, oh, I love my kids. I love my kids. Yes, you love them. You love them in your own way. But are you loving them in the way that they need to be loved? It's a totally different approach. So when it comes to consequences and, you know, trying to provide the structure that they need, of course, um, majority of the time of what I've seen is gravitating to a negative approach because fear makes people want to change. Um, and no, it's actually, they want to change more just because they want to please you. Um, but we want to make sure that we raise our kids again, respecting us and us respecting them. 
but they're, we don't have to introduce fear for them to do things in life. And I think our society is kind of, um, based on fear. Like if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen to you, but it's more of a negative manner. So that's what I want to talk to you about today, about consequences positivas. Let's get started. I want to start off by talking about bad grades, which is something that mm, some kids have and grades don't define the child or even like, for example, bad behavior at school. Well, I don't want to say it's, it's, they're a bad kid. I'm not saying that when I say the word bad, but just an unnecessary behavior. Um, there are many kids that grow up, you know, hearing you have to go to school, you have to do good so you can be someone in life. And we already know that's not true. You don't have to go to school, um, to succeed, but at the same time, we do want them to learn and do their work at school. So every, it all depends on the individual, of course, you know, but at the end of the day, as parents, we focus so much more on intelligence. Like you have to get good grades. And if you don't get good grades, and sometimes it depends how even the a parent approaches that situation is by yelling, condemning, you know, belittling, calling the kids stupid and however it is that they, they come across. But it's always like majority of time in a negative manner, even for students who are straight at students. And if one grade is a B out of those entire A's, just one's a B. I mean, there's parents that lose it. And it's dismissing the fact that there's all these A's, but they focus on that B. That's just how we're pretty much kind of trained, I think, in our society that we focus more on the negative. I mean, look at the movies. I mean, we focus more on the negative, dramatic, you know, exaggerating movies um, than the ones that are more positive. But I'm going to give you this a story about me growing up. Um, my parents are were immigrants. Well, I, don't, I could say now, but they're U.S. citizens now. But growing up, I would always get a lot of shit from my mom, especially because she was at home with us. Um, but I was very shy when I was little and I did not ask for help. And I would get bad grades because of that. I wouldn't ask for help. And I would just kind of like do half-ass work. And if I had homework, I tried to do it. But if I didn't finish it, I just wrote whatever. Um, so it, it was really hectic. I kind of didn't like school, but I always loved to play teacher. It's kind of weird. Um, but um, growing up hearing from my mom, like, I guess at some point she probably did call me stupid or she made me feel like I was stupid because of the grades. But I, I mean, as an adult now, I understood where she was coming from. She was just frustrated because she thought like I was choosing not to listen, but it's just like I, it, school where, you know, it's like a cookie cutter, you know, it doesn't work for everyone. And I'm more of a visual hands-on and school is like, sit down, be quiet, write and listen. And I, that was not, it's not for me. Um, uh, but eventually I pushed forward, um, creatively, but I did not get good grades. Um, and in having to live that experience now as a parent, when my oldest son sometimes struggles, um, I push him forward and I tell him, you can do it. How can I help you? My approach is so much different, um, but I know my mom meant well, but yet it could have been in a different approach, of course. Um, but that helps my son completely just to be like, okay, cool. You know what? I got it. I understand where I'm coming from. And that's what kids need. They need to be pushed in a positive manner. 
one of the things is that we are scared for them. We're like, you're going to suffer and I'm trying to prepare you and train you for life. It's like, well, how do you know as a parent that your child's really going to suffer the way you think they're going to suffer? We don't know that. And God forbid they do. But I mean, either way, we all know that every single individual at some point, we all, we all suffer, right? So we have to kind of watch that because have you noticed that so far many parents are the ones that actually damage their own children? majority of the time kids are born with a self-esteem up to the sky you put them on a cart in a grocery store and they're over here picking their nose in public and they give a rat's ass because they're just minding their own business that's self-esteem they're just like i don't care but later on with time we start pretty much crushing their self-esteem with the words that we're using that we shouldn't use um, and the things that we're not saying that we should say and parenting is a little hectic but you know what at the end of the day we're not perfect but we just have to learn um, from our mistakes and move forward. We're not, as long as we're just, what I'm trying to say is like, as long as we are just enough for them. Um, one of the things that I remember going through and, and hearing other people go through, um, is that, well, growing up, there was always yelling, you know, there's always control from the parent because the parent was always fearful of what was going to happen. And they wanted things their way so it's pretty much having the child um live life based on the parents checklist and that shouldn't be like that so a common approach that many parents do when it comes to wanting to consequence to provide consequences to their kids is yelling demeaning controlling abusing physically emotionally um, financially sometimes um, there's a lot of disrespect and there's a, a big disconnection um, when the approach of providing consequences comes around. I mean, think about it. When our kids make a mistake, are they doing the mistake sometimes purposely or they're just doing it? I mean, it just happened without them even doing it purposely. We have to kind of measure those things. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that our kids are still developing. The front, the front part of the brain is a frontal lobe that is that's the part that takes a while for it to develop. So it's about the age of 25 years old where the brain um, actually stops maturing, which is the frontal lobe, like I said, uh, stop thinking before you do something. So of course our kids are going to make mistakes. Um, but the kids that make more mistakes are the ones that are not being guided um, with structure, respect, consistency, love, not spoiling. Okay, whenever I say the word love, I don't mean spoiling and that's totally different. But why is a negative approach always the first step? Like what, well, what I mean by that is like, why is it that parents sometimes choose a negative approach? Well, in my point of view, it has to do with fear, with fear of you're not trusting your own child. You have to get to that extent of yelling. Some parents do tell me like, Paula, I, I tell them nicely the first time the second time and then I have to repeat myself like 20 times and that is when it gets out of hand I start losing I start yelling I start threatening and they don't listen to me I said well first of all one if we repeat ourselves a lot of times it's because it's our fault we shouldn't be repeating ourselves why because we should set very clear communication um, approach with our kids as to look if you do this um, this is the consequences for this. And, and if you 
uh, don't do this. This is the consequence for this. And, and I'll talk a little bit more about providing the consequences and more in depth of strategies on how to implement them. Um, but the negative approach is easier, but it kicks you in the butt later on as parents. And then also it kicks a child in the butt later on because pretty much if they grow up throughout their whole entire life being pretty much yelled at, controlled, demeaned, and and pretty much just their self-esteem is being stomped on. Um, or let me tell you this though, okay? This approach that I'm talking about is you might think, well, I'm not that parent. You know, I don't do it to my kid every day. But it, it doesn't even matter. If you do it every day, obviously it's worse. But even if you do it spontaneously here and there and it's like a deep jab of just yelling, demeaning, and saying the worst things ever, and even if you don't do it every day, it's like if you were actually doing it every day. I mean, words are like stabbings. Our kids grow up. I mean, us as adults, I mean, think back of when you were younger as to those negative thoughts, I mean, I'm sorry, those negative comments that your parent um, or parents would tell you. And I'm pretty sure we all have one we can't never forget. So the negative approach is not always just the only solution. There's others and we'll talk about that. So where does it come from? Where does it come from? What I'm talking about is the yelling, the demeaning, the controlling. But it has a lot to do with what you grew up seeing. You're still mimicking a lot of the things that you saw your parents do um, in the whole environment, the tone. I've always said this, a home has like a rhythm, like a tone. Imagine like, like just, yeah, just a rhythm itself. And if that rhythm is just super loud, which is very disturbing, that rhythm continues generation to generation. But at some point, there's someone throughout those generations that just changes the tone completely to a more smooth one because they've understood the concept that there's no need to continue that same rhythm because it's not working. So it all comes from how we saw our parents raised us. Now, do we see this negative approach um, of consequences in our society? Heck, we fucking see that. That is one of the things that we have to be very careful. We don't have to mimic negative things from our society into our home. Now, one of the things I tell my groups is like, look, imagine this, you know, um, the government coming to your door and knocking and saying, hey, I want chaos here. You guys right here, you brothers, dad, daughter, um, you, I want you guys to, to fight and have a very dysfunctional life. Do they do that? No. No one does. It's a personal choice. The way we grew up, um, we are the products of our environment, our kids as well. Um, and we want to create the most positive, happy life as possible. We are not here for so long on this earth. And we really need to make sure that we make an impact, not just to our kids, but starting with ourselves as well. Because if you perceive negative, um, hardcore, tough love as positive, then maybe you have never been exposed to a positive environment approach so that you can implement in your life so you can then hand it over to somebody else. So this is why I love to talk about this because our kids don't need to feel like they're incarcerated in their own homes with their own parents who are supposed to love them unconditionally. And yes, we love our kids unconditionally, um, but when you start telling your kid, you better get good grades or else this, and sometimes they're selling treatment, that's being conditional. And there's no need for that. That's why there's a lot of adolescents who feel so disconnected 
from their own family members, especially their parents. It's just very sad to see that. But consequences, um, natural consequences do exist. And obviously there's these consequences that are kind of like they didn't think of it, but eventually they um, were presented with a specific consequence by us, the parents. Um, But I want to talk to you about a positive approach on how to implement, um, you know, negotiation or consequences. I honestly, to be um, truthful with you um, in this topic, I have had so many parents tell me like, why do I have to sugarcoat shit to my kid? Like they need to know, they already should know what they should do. And if they don't do it, then I'm going to just choose for them. There's no time for me to sit down and negotiate what consequences we want because that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, and one of the things I say, well, is it easier for you to do that? And they'll say, yes. I said, why? Uh, because it is. I don't have to. And then they kind of like pause themselves because they realize like, oh my God, you're right. Why am I trying to just focus on me? I'm just focusing that everything's smooth for me. But what about for my child? And that's when things open up when you think outside the box. Now, I want to talk to you about the positive um, approach of how to implement consequences. So I always tell parents, give your child two options. When you give your child two options, and this goes for any age that are able to understand from their younger all the way to adolescence um, to where you provide two options. I'm going to give you an example. You can say um, clean And we will be able to do something together and we will all be happy and we can all enjoy our day. And that's if you clean. Um, That's one one option. If you clean when you're supposed to. The second option is uh, if you choose to ignore, then we will talk about consequences. So which one do you want to choose? Obviously, they're going to be like, oh, heck no, I'm just going to choose a good one. Why do we have our kids choose? Because we're teaching them how to think. We're not dictating to them. We don't want our kids to grow up being robots, to be punked around because we already know that when someone sees a person who is just easily, that can be easily bossed around, there's people that take advantage of them. You really have to think like, wait, hold on a second. Is my child like that? Have I been raising my child to that approach of like, wait a minute. Like I'm always telling him what to eat or telling her what to um, wear, where not to go. Um, Pretty much like an incarcerated environment. And that's where a lot of kids just say, you know what, F you, peace out. I'm leaving at age 18. And some kids leave the home. Sometimes they don't make it back. And when I say that, it's like, yeah, they don't make it back alive because parenting is between life or death. And that's why I love to teach parenting classes because if we obviously um kids who are provided with a structure more consistently um and are given the love the attention in a very mature manner responsible manner from an, a very responsible parent um yes they're still going to make their mistakes because that doesn't mean they're not human but they're going to make less mistakes than the ones that actually don't have the guidance 
And that's one of the things that we don't want. We want to make sure that our kids have as many tools as possible for them to think outside the box and not have people dictate to them what to do in life. So by providing our kids with two choices is that we teach them how to think. We give them a little bit of that power, which is a little bit of the independence to evaluate like, wow, I did that. I chose that on my own and actually went well and cool. I like it. And at the same time, you're actually building trust because that means that you are allowing your child um, to expand their mind and they appreciate that from you, that you care for what they think and how they feel and how they're expressing whatever situation. And most of all, that you're actually making time and you're not just thinking about yourself. This is about them, but at the same time, you, de- you do take a lot of like good things from it because you both, at the end of the day, end up winning. You know, so that's a good approach and I highly recommend it. It really works. I do that with my boys. It is amazing. Um, yes, it takes practice because if you have, let's say, a 10-year-old or 12-year-old or 15-year-old and you're like, damn, I want to implement that now. Or even if you have a 5-year-old, think about how many years altogether they've been used to one strategy, which I don't know if maybe we can say it's the negative common approach of yelling, demeaning, controlling and you've been doing it for several years, then you have to be very realistic to understand that it's going to take time for them to get adjusted to the new approach of parenting, which is patience, love, respect. And some parents might think like, oh, hell no, I don't have time for that. Or some parents will be like, no, you know what? That's what I want. I mean, it's either one or the other, right? So one of the things about also teaching them how to think and giving them those two options is teaching them how to be responsible. Um, They actually develop this confidence within themselves to know that, wow, I came up with that solution on my own and, and it actually helped me out because I didn't get in trouble. So that is a positive approach that is amazing. It really works by giving them two options and I highly encourage them. So now let's talk about Um, how can we have our kids choose their consequences? Okay, so another approach that works very well is to actually have our kids choose their consequences. Now, I am not telling you this for you to have your child choose a consequence at the moment or after the fact they've done something where you want to implement a consequence. Yes, you can do that at times, but what I highly recommend is for you to discuss with your child ahead of time that if he or she were to misbehave or something, you know, doesn't go well um, and they didn't follow the rules or whatever it is, um, what consequence should they give to themselves? Now, I really have to tell you that there's kids that are very harsh with themselves. They really are. Let's say um, a child tells, I mean, your child um, doesn't throw the trash out and you're like, okay, Billy, you know, um, I told you to to throw the trash away and you didn't listen. And I told you twice. So what what consequence did you choose last time? Or what do you want to choose a new consequence? However you want to implement it. Um, And they say, well, all right, mom, well, you can take away you know, my PlayStation for three months. That's where you have to think, all right, hold on. Do I accept that? Because he's punishing himself so harsh, three months, really. Um, This is where we have to just focus and be like, you know what, honey? 
Um, I think I'll just take it away. What do you think about for three days or two days? And having them choose in that manner versus allowing them to punish themselves in that extreme, if that makes sense to you guys. But at the same time, as you're allowing them to think what consequence they should choose for themselves, we are giving them a little bit of that power. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what actually they want. Why do you think of a lot of adolescents, for many of you who have adolescents, they try to pretty much, like you, many parents say, you know, they push my buttons. Like, ugh, they, they, they already know what to do and they trigger me. Well, this is the thing, that they want that little bit of power. They want to feel that little bit of independence that they can, you know, share with you and that you're going to take in and accept. I mean, power, I understand it's so strong of a word, but why do you think there's a lot of even uh, sometimes police officers who abuse their power and they're adults, you know, as human beings? I mean, that's just one of many. They're very amazing police officers and there are some that are just like, really, did you really have to go that far? But having power, a little bit of power, um, teaches our kids not to abuse it. Um, and there's no need to abuse it. So, and obviously, as I'm saying that, I'm, I'm even talking about us as parents. There's no need for us to abuse whatever uh, parenting power we think we have. It's not even that we're better than our kids just because we have more years of experience. It's just that... Um, we yes we have a little bit more knowledge but that never ever makes us um or should never i mean make us feel that we are better or ever make them feel like we're better than them because there are parents that sometimes raise their kids as like i'm the parent you're the child and um they never really show the child that the parent's a human being and that sometimes some parents don't like to apologize to their own kids so then how do we want our kids to know how to apologize if they've never seen it in home? So that's just one of approach. Um, one of the approaches that I encourage uh, for parents to do, which is have your child choose your consequences. Remember, it's about working as a team in the home. Having them know and feel and hear that it's everyone's home. It's not just the parent's home, like my house, my rules. If you continue to say that, your child will actually be very distant from you. And what that looks like in a home is a lot of yelling and disrespect. And I know that as parents, we don't want that. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the natural consequences. So I was talking to you earlier about grades and how natural consequences occur. Now, natural consequences are when your child already feels like shit. They feel so bad because they are getting a bad grade and they get home. You guys, as parents, you know, they can show us the report card and sometimes it could be the approach of yelling, of demeaning, are you stupid, what are you thinking, blah, blah, blah. And we're adding more stress onto them and we're making them feel even worse than they already are so we as parents have to evaluate like okay does my child already feel bad for what's going on because if you know that they're already feeling bad about themselves there's no need for us to come and dump more 
what I call shit on their plate when they're already going through stuff. There has been many kids who have committed suicide because of the pressure of school. And let me tell you, maturity is more important than intelligence. And I'm not saying that I'm dismissing intelligence, but think of how many athletes are so intelligent or so talented, but they're always on the tabloids because they pretty much behave very immature. So what's important to you? They're, could, they're never going to be perfect, but one's going to be higher than the other. I always say this, that when it comes to challenges, I mean, the murderer can be the most intelligent person. So at that point, does intelligence matter or the maturity and the compassion? Now, one of the things about our kids is that mm, when they feel bad, they're pretty good in expressing it at times. Some, some can express it verbally. But if you see your child acting up and there's so much aggression, it's because they're actually behaving the way they feel. And this is where you have to intervene in a very more positive approach versus yelling, condemning, because then their wall's going to get taller, taller, and it's just going to, um, how can I say it, pretty much ruin your relationship. There's so many kids that I've come across, and it is really sad to see that when they're expressing how they feel and think um they say that you know i'm the bad i'm the bad kid i'm the black sheep um all these problems are happening in my life because of me it's important to show our kids love but remembering that we have to love them the way they need to be loved not spoiling them when we spoil our kids we're only thinking about ourselves so when we provide a structure, doesn't mean that we have to provide a very um, hostile environment because no human being learns in a hostile environment. Just remember that just how our kids get consequences, um, we as parents also get consequences and those consequences can be negative um, in the approach of like, well, my child continues to misbehave at school or my child continues to fail tests and they really don't care for school. Um, maybe a lot of the times because we made them feel that they weren't good enough. Or maybe we're not reading between the lines and really helping them the way they need to be helped um, because we think they're fine. Never think that your child is perfect because if you do, you're making the worst mistake of your life. Every single child is unique. They have flaws just like we do as adults. And know that just because they're kids now, um, they're going to grow up and become adults themselves. And they need a lot of our guidance, structure, love, and consistency. But overall, the most important thing is for you to take care of yourself as a parent. To be able to stay focused and present so that you can read between the lines and help your child. Thank you so much for listening to me. I wish you the best in everything that you do. And take care. Bye.